Let's go, boys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. This is one of my favourite times of the week, turning on this microphone and chatting about music. I've got the dog in the studio with me at the moment. George, his name is, named after George Harrison, if you wanted to know. Anyways, he was just uh, at the front of the house barking nonstop at this cat that just rocks up. He, he knows, this cat knows that George sits in the front room. So the cat walks down the path, really, you know, gentle-like, and just sits there with his paws out in front of him and just stares at George, and George just goes berserk. Can't stand it. Can't stand this cat doing that. I mean, the cat's not really doing anything wrong, but I think the cat knows that George doesn't enjoy him sitting in his front yard because that's George's yard. That's what he thinks anyway. So I brought him into the studio just so I can sit here and pat him and uh, (laughs) keep him away from the cat. Today's episode, I can't wait for this one. This is a guy that I've, uh, I've been listening to for a long time. I remember when I used to stack shelves and a mate of mine that I used to work with, we jumped in his red Holden Commodore. He said to me one night, have you ever heard of Israel Cannon? And I was like, no. And he said, well, let's put him on. He's great. I think you'd really enjoy him. Put on some Israel Cannon and uh, showed me a few of his demos. And from that day, I was like, this guy's so good. I need to um, I need to investigate further. So I jumped on YouTube and I found all his videos. And I, I'd consider myself a fan since that day. Israel Cannon, he's not just a singer-songwriter. He's an actor. He is a videographer. He's an app developer. But most importantly, and you'll get that from this interview... He's a dad and he's a proud one at that and a good family man. Um, We sat down and we had a chat about a bunch of things. We spoke about his music, first and foremost, about his tour of Australia he did a couple of years ago where he just packed up a van, threw the guitar in the back and just drove from town to town singing to anyone who wanted to listen. I loved watching those videos back in the day. We spoke about the popularity of one of his songs, Far and Wide. He's one of the singles that he released uh, a number of years ago, 2015. And it got picked up by a beer company. Now, you might know the song, so here's a little bit of it. Time to escape because I'm in need of warmer weather. Sail upon the stream to find there's someplace better. Yeah, Great Northern picked it up. And it's been in that ad for like eight years now, how time flies. So we speak about how that came about, that opportunity to get it into an ad. We talk about his acting career. He actually headed over to Hollywood and gave it a crack. We talk about his videography. We talk about his new app that's out at the moment. If you're a mum or a dad, it's really cool. Uh, We speak about the inspiration behind that. We talk about how he juggles all these different 
uh, things that he does in his life as well as being a father. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate with busy lives. And like I said in the intro, he's a proud dad and a good family man. And we talk about um, how life has changed over the years for him. Um, it's not many gigs happening anymore. A lot of his time is dedicated to Saturday mornings watching Disney with his kids and he loves it that way. But he seems to have gotten his work-life balance pretty good, I reckon. And uh, we also talk about his renovations, which are coming along pretty good, um, but the stress that comes along with it. All right, let's get him on. Central Coast singer, songwriter, videographer, app developer, whatever you want to call him. My interview with Israel Kennan. Hello, mate. How are you going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Just sitting at home at the moment. I was just down at the office a minute ago and just got back and running around like a madman. How's things? Yeah, going good. I um, I was just having an interview then. Uh, Dave Faulkner, Hoodoo Gurus, halfway through the chat, I asked him, he wrote this song and the song explains how he got punched in the face. And I said, yeah. So who punched you in the face? And then the Zoom cut out. <laughs> that was probably the best question that I had. And uh, and I lost him, but I had to uh, had to get the Zoom going. But uh, how are you going, oh, man? Brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, yeah, I guess that happens. Uh, was he on? Was he travelling or was he on the road? Or no, he was at home hanging out in his studio. And um, I think it was my fault actually. I think it's this computer. I got a I got a new MacBook and. I don't yeah. know. You yeah. buy these. You buy these things. Thinking, <laughs> thinking, they're not cheap. And you buy these things, and you think, oh, you know, that'll be good when when I have the Zoom call. I'll have a nice new computer, and then bang, zip, gone. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, I've got a pretty. It was. It was definitely. It was probably like I probably spent five grand on this laptop yep. a couple of years ago. This MacBook, but um, yeah. I, I hope it doesn't happen to us. I mean, it actually. This thing actually just just turns off turns itself off and, oh. and yeah it's been it's kind of done it ever since i bought it like on and off sometimes it has good days and bad you know so we'll see how we go yeah yeah well it's so good to um to find it it's funny i thought we would have run into each other at some point i know that you do the videography i do a little bit of that music it's the same avenue as me as well and we're both from the coast and it's funny i always hear about you from a lot of people you know they've gone to your gigs and whatnot but it's just funny we've this is the first time that we're sort of Sort of met. Yeah, yeah. I recognised your name and I felt like maybe we've had a couple of exchanges over socials or things like that over the years, you know. Like I, I recognised your name. Um, did you ever come to any gigs back in the day? Would have been a long time ago. Like, Yeah, I don't, I don't gig anymore, bro. So I don't, I haven't gigged like in seven years or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I just don't really play live. It's just not really on my radar, but um yeah, but uh, yeah, I still kind of record and and um, well, I do record. I, I record a lot. I go through seasons. So, but I've done a fair bit of, I suppose, like just studio work over the last several years. I I can't ever seem to stop writing music, but I'm just not really, um, yeah, not really in the mindset of sort of touring and gigging and doing all that. You know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, um, some people live for the stage. Um, and then there's other people who just prefer to be in the studio and not be on stage at all. So you'd say that's that's you more these days? Yeah, definitely these days. I think um, I, yeah, I gigged a lot from a fairly young age, I suppose. Like I sort of left school and 
you know, within a couple of years, I was kind of doing pretty decent numbers as far as like people coming along to gigs and, and, um, you know, released a little EP and kind of released it and just gave it to my mates. And then next minute, you know, five, I was selling like sort of 500 tickets to a show and things like that, but I've always been independent more or less. And so I've kind of always just managed myself and yeah, I've done quite a few quirky things, but we ended up in London. I got married and we, we went over to the UK and I played a lot over there and that was a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I got to sort of play with some really big artists and support some big artists. And the last gig I played here was actually in Perth and it was supporting Ben Howard when he toured. We just had our first baby. So I had like a six month old Noah, our little boy was six months old. And um, yeah, randomly, you know, ben, I knew a couple of guys in Ben's band. And um, yeah, so I ended up over there doing that. And that was good. That was like, I, I kind of felt like I had to say yes to that, even though I wasn't really gigging at all at that time either. You know what I mean? Yeah, great. It's a great opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember you in London. You were quite active on your YouTube back in the day. And I remember you putting up, it's a song you released this year. It's one of my favourite by you. I'm just, I'm just looking off in the distance trying to remember the name of it. It took me 10 years to release it. That's the one. And uh, the In July one. Uh, in yeah, July. yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, yeah, little kind of little folk kind of love song, I guess you call yeah. it. You played that in London. You were sitting down on a, on, a, on, a, on a step and you recorded it. And then you years and years later, you came back and you recorded it in your kitchen. That's and right. Then, <laughs> and then my brother and I, my brother and I, we've been listening to you few years we're like when's he just gonna record it <laughs> and you finally did so we are stoked <laughs> yeah it's really funny it's i kind of feel sorry for people that you know do enjoy listening to my music and um because it it's been a weird kind of ride like a long time in between drinks sometimes with my activity i suppose so yeah yeah it's interesting it's um yeah, I was doing a bit. I was ju- actually just thinking about the YouTube stuff back in London. I was just talking to my wife about it actually last night because it's funny because I think I was doing like a video a week or something. I was like recording myself alone in my little bedroom in the studio apartment that we were at. And it was funny because like, you know, I was probably getting like not, you know, it's not that it's about the views, but I was probably getting like, you know, 30,000 views here or 50,000 views here on a video. A couple of them were getting, you know, a fair bit. and. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. I, I kind of am just at the mercy of um, my inspiration, I suppose. And when I get bored of something or my inspiration stops, then I have to go do something else. So yeah. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's been, it's probably been both, to be honest, in my life. It's been both. On your YouTube back in the day, something that was really cool to watch. You went around Australia in this... Ooh. This, you know, it's kind just of truck. It's just, just like a, a van. Toyota high ace <laughs> or something. <laughs> you played your last show like at um, the place yeah, of Kingcumber? Lazotts. Yeah. Lazotts, that's yeah. right. Okay, so you played this gig at Lazotts and then you jumped in this van and you drove around all of Australia and you yeah. filmed the whole thing and yeah. it was so good to watch. Yeah, yeah. It was just a cool experience. I kind of just wanted, I felt, I don't know, I just felt the urge to do, to do something weird. Uh, so we did that and um, yeah, that was cool. Like, I'm, stoked I did that I think it was it probably just was something that I grew from personally because it's quite hard to just play for a group of strangers in the street and play over buses and play you know and especially if you're just used to gigging and you know you come from venues like Lazotte's or different places like that where you can sell it out and and kind of hear a pin drop in the audience 
and then to just be on the street, no one really cares and no one, you know, everyone's just going about their business. So it's good. I think it's it's good to do stuff like that. Yeah, for those listening, it was it was so good. You'd sort of be walking out the front of a cafe, you'd be singing, and I think your friend had the camera, and there'd be women there having their having their breakfast. They'd be like, "Oh, I need to grab this CD. I need to grab your CD." And I was like, "What a great idea! What a, that's like you just putting yourself in the forefront of promotion. You know, you're just yeah. like, I'm gonna go in every bloody town and just sing." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if I. It's funny enough. I don't know if I gigged. I think I might have gigged a little bit after that. I think I might have went on one tour, an actual tour, like and played in venues after that. And then I kind of went to London, sort of pretty soon after that finished. And I was sort of away for a good couple of years. And yeah, I don't know. I just kind of lost the desire to to gig more or less. I just kind of wanted to, you know. And and I became a dad as well. And like you become a dad, and and you kind of like do I want to be on the road, like living out of a suitcase and, you know, or do I want to, I kind of don't like, I, I like my life. I like being at home of a weekend with my family and, you know, putting on Disney movies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's fun. No, that's a, it's a great life that. And um, with the video stuff is, was that the early days of your videography? Was that when you're walking around um, singing or, or were you already into videography way before then? No, it's yeah, it's a good question. No, I wasn't really like I sort of fell into acting. I, I was I got I went out of high school and I was a terrible kind of student because I didn't I didn't yeah, I didn't apply myself very well at all in high school. And my sister wanted to do acting college in Sydney and and she didn't have a driver's license at the time and I did. And so I just did that with her and then from that I ended up on home and away for like two years on and off and like working as an actor for a few years so what was your role on home and away i played was a stevens was my character and he he was uh was a he was um <laughs> he was just a juvenile delinquent kind of character that he was best mates with one of the lead characters so he'd just come in and out and they'd get up to mischief and it was a long time ago now it was, it was back in back in the days when chris hemsworth and a few of those guys were on the show so it was it was fun it was good from there you you appeared in a movie as well yeah that's right so from there I did a bit more acting did a feature film and that um took me over to the states so that sort of premiered at Tribeca Film Festival in, in New York and that was fun you know like New York is packed sort of cinemas for the for the um festival premieres and whatnot and then I stayed in Hollywood for three months after that and um yeah just kind of hung out and just had some experience and uh I was asked to stay there uh by an agent I was approached by a very large agent at the time and asked to sort of stay there for representation and yeah I I didn't I didn't I just kind of I don't know chose not to acting is is that something that you did you want to be in Hollywood yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I like as a kid, I'd do musicals and like theater and stuff like that, like a lot, a lot of kids do. And I maybe I like I did probably want to have a go at that kind of art form, I suppose. You know, that kind of creative output. And so, but like I fell into it really. Like I, I never would have that never would have happened unless my sister wanted to do these acting classes, like. I didn't even have an agent when I got the role on Home and Away. Like it was literally the teacher at school who was teaching me 
had a relationship with the people that were casting Home and Away and was like, oh, you should, she sort of took a liking to me and sent me for the audition. So I sort of fell into the whole thing. It's a long story, but like when you're in Hollywood and when you get offered an opportunity like that, like you're either going to commit to it and you're all in and this is like, this is you and you're, this is your pursuit in life, you know, or you're not. And I think I still wanted to travel. I still wanted to have experiences. I I was passionate about my music. I wasn't so sure that I wanted to be, you know, a Hollywood sort of actor, um, you know, that famous actor guy sort of thing. I didn't really want to aspire to that. Not that there's anything wrong with that at all. I think it's an awesome um, career path. I just kept going, really. I wanted to see the world and I was also dating who's now my wife at the time and I think things would have looked very different for me if I had have stayed there. What I, what I get from this is you're a man of many talents, you know, had acting been the only thing you could do. Yes. You, you might have gone, we'll do it. But you do have all these other things that you do, you know, you're singing, you're songwriting and stuff. So it's, it's good to be able to have that. Not everyone has that. A lot of people uh, go to work and come home and cook dinner and go to bed yeah 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 and that's fine too like it's all cool I think as long as you're happy you know and as long as you're uh doing something that that kind of keeps your soul alive a little bit you know so that's yeah that's right I think everyone's it's a blessing it can be a blessing and a curse to be kind of like I've got a few different sort of creative pursuits that I'm half decent at because you know you, you at some point in time you do want to focus as well you know and focus is important but I think yeah, I've just always been interested in different things and I still am. And it's been, it's like, you know, I did some hard yards, like saying no to that and then sleeping on floors in studios in London and being a broke musician and had some amazing experiences, no doubt. But like I'm here now and have beautiful family and, you know, like we're doing fine. There's no dramas. I'm certainly not crashing on couches anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and then that, and then you know, the, a lot of the, I, I suppose, the licensing, TV and film licensing work that I've done with my music since that time, that's been a lot of fun as well, and that's something I really enjoy to do. Just going to move on to that tonight when I put on the footy, I guarantee <laughs> I'm going to be sitting there watching the TV, and this beer ad's going to turn up, <laughs> and it's going to have your song in it. It's how did how did all that come about? Oh, like I think, uh, yeah, funny how did it come about? Well, I have an agent in Sydney who basically like just reps me from a point of view of, hey, you know, she's quite involved in the advertising and, and, and television and film world and, you know, obviously people are always looking for music to use. And, and I, I love, you know, as you sort of alluded to, like I love that whole visual medium and, yeah, I really enjoy doing that kind of work. That one came to me, yeah, just sort of landed on my like doorstep. Hey, you know, the producers have seen, have heard another track of yours. They quite quite like the vibe. We're doing this ad and this is kind of the storyline of the ad and, you know, would you be up for kind of putting something together? And I had like a half-written kind of demo, you know, like um, thing that I was demoing at the time and, yeah, so that one was interesting because I just went down to my studio and literally spent like two hours, not long at all, kind of just and and now I didn't hear back for two weeks. So I just said, oh, okay, I mustn't. Um, they mustn't have um, wanted to run with it. But then they did, and I saw the I saw the cuts of like the ad, and I just thought it was pretty cool, to be honest. Like I I think probably I'm always 
leaning towards or something draws me towards like outdoors and traveling and that whole vibe so yeah I was happy to be a part of it it's crazy it's it's been running for like eight years now that ad I couldn't picture another song to that ad it's just a perfect fit and it has been playing for so long there's so many people know that song yeah it's probably I don't know that track's probably my most (laughs) played track on Spotify (laughs) I reckon it's you know it's I don't know where it's at now it's over a million you know streams that track could you just picture people with their with their phones just shazamming the TV screen and <laughs> trying to work out who it is, who it is. Uh, that came off that EP. That EP, that whole EP is great. I would say that um my favourite song on the, on that EP is probably Ageless. Um, yeah, that, me too. You sort of just pushed that out like quietly, I think. It felt I like did, I did, I did, very quietly. Yeah, well, I think that was kind of around the time when we, we'd gotten back from London. Maybe we were home for a couple of years. I think I was a brand new dad. To be honest with you, I probably never would have even done that EP had I not placed that song in the beer commercial because I think it just made me, it just got me back in the studio zone for, you know, a little bit there. And so I just went, oh, well, I'm here recording this and, you know, I may as well just put together a little EP and and that's what I did. It's, yeah, it's interesting. It's like, it's hard. Not that my songs are amazing, but I, but I write a lot of them. Like it's easy. It, it's easy for me to write songs. I don't know if they're that good, but it's easy for me to write them. So it's hard because I've always got like dozens of songs at any one given point in my head or in my um, little iPhone kind of memo thing. So, but it's just hard to find the time to actually record them and, and release them, you know. The ocean features a lot in your songs. Yeah. Do you surf? Do you yeah, like I grew, I, grew up, I grew up surfing. I probably surfed every day from, you know, 14 to 22 or something, probably when we went to London nearly um but yeah so i just love the ocean man it's just you know it's just cleansing it's it's just an amazing supernatural force i think you know i just feel better when i'm by the ocean i don't surf much these days to be honest like i probably surf i don't know like 15 times a year or something it's not that much it's just a lot depends. more than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i don't surf that but but it's just interest, like I'm just interested in other things now and I kind of want to pursue those other things and other things get me excited where um, I'm happy just to be near the ocean, you know, like I just I just want to be near it in some capacity and I'll be good. Has being a dad changed your songwriting? Yeah, I don't know if it's changed my songwriting, but you definitely get a like like a new inspiration like when you have a child, in my opinion. You feel things, I think, a bit deeper. And maybe your emotional kind of capacity expands, you know what I mean? And so therefore, of course, like that's going to express itself in different ways and and in your songwriting. So I've definitely um, written quite a few songs probably about my children. I don't know if I've released many of them. I I wrote a song that was on a, once again, was on an ad in the States, but no one here would have seen that. But I wrote that about, yeah, about my son when he was born. And it's great, man. I mean, being a dad's like... Yeah, it's the best thing ever. Well, I'm not, I'm not a dad yet, but uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> definitely conversations. Yeah, um, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, you won't regret it. I mean, everything changes, like your life changes, but it should. Like that's kind of the natural progression of life, right? And and um, everyone's different, but me personally, I'm I'm stoked. It's just like it's a this is the best phase of life for me. I think you know. That's nice to hear. My mate called me the other day 
and he said, um, I said, how are you going? He's just, he's just had a, his first child. Mm. He said, it's tough. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's the best thing, but it's so tough at the moment, you know, no sleep and stuff. And he said to me, I remember my friends saying to me that, oh, you know, your life will change. Um, it's going to be tough for you. And I just always thought, he always thought that, no, no, it'll be different for me. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be, um, I'll be a different sort of person to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, and he said to me, it's exactly how they say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's, I think that's about right. And I probably did the same. No, 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 we're good. We'll be good. We'll be good. I think every, the thing is every baby's different. Everyone's experience of like that newborn phase is different because every baby's different. So we definitely had a really tough time with our first, like we weren't sleeping at all and he wasn't feeding properly. And like, it was, yeah, it was rough for sure. Those months, <laughs> those first months were rough, but I don't know. It like, it's, it fades, it goes quickly. And then our second Olive, our little girl, that was a totally different experience. Like Noel was three and a half or maybe four when she was born. So he was kind of not as needy because he wasn't as young. And she was a pretty cruisy baby. So, like, it was awesome. We just got to, like, have our little cocoon time and shut the world out for a little while. And it was actually super pleasant. So I just think everyone's experience is different. But in general, the first is, yeah, like, it rattles you a bit because everything <laughs> changes. You go, you go from sleeping as much as you want and, you know, it's just different. Being a dad now, you it spawned this app. So uh, tell us about, yeah. it's Wondrous. Wondrous, so, yeah. 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 So tell us yeah. about that. Yeah, well, it kind of came out of uh, the first lockdown, the first big lockdown we had in 2020. Noah, our boy, was that was his first year of kindergarten. And then like we literally, like that's a big deal, you know, your first child is going off to big school sort of for the first time. And then literally within like two months, the world sort of shut down. And so he was at home. Uh, for a period of months there and yeah I don't know it was just an interesting time like uh, my mother is actually a music therapist so she creates she's a really talented musician herself and she creates music you know for well-being I suppose and so I just kind of you know I love stories and I, I always love storytelling in one medium or another and so I just kind of intuitively went into the studio one day and grabbed one of her pieces musical pieces and wrote a a story and a you know a kind of an adventure story over the top and played it to him Noah and uh yeah my kids really responded to it and we showed it to a bunch of friends who had kids and a lot of their kids you know responded to it as well and yeah so I just kind of got you know grew more passionate about it and eventually um me and a friend of mine who's based in Melbourne who's a dad as well we kind of we formed a partnership and you know created this app which which was a it's been a massive journey to create it I don't recommend someone creating an app stressful (laughs) yeah a lot of money a lot of time and um it's not you know once again you think you're going to be the guy that that all, all that stuff doesn't apply to you know, because I had a friend, I knew a guy and I, I just spoke to him and he was like, he had a horror story. Like he had spent like, I don't know, it was close to 200 grand and oh. he just couldn't, he didn't even get the app to market. They just couldn't, he he just had a real horror story basically. And I mean, ours was almost, I mean, we didn't spend quite that much money, but 
Yeah, it's probably two years from like that point to actually getting out to market. And we worked with developers overseas and then they kind of couldn't quite get us there. And then we brought the project back to Australia, which you want to do, but it's really, it's a lot more expensive to um, have an Australian development team. So we got there though, and it's in market. It's literally only been in market for probably six weeks, really, when we haven't even really started doing proper advertising and marketing, but it's getting some really good reviews and yeah, we're we're quite passionate about it. We we just, you know, I'm just a firm believer in the power of story. You know. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? It just encapsulates everything that you do: the video, the music, and now now an app. It's a nice progression, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and it's felt quite natural. Like it, it was, if someone had said, "Are oh, you going to produce a, a kids' story app?" Like ten years ago, I would have, I would have <laughs> laughed at them. Do you know what I mean? But like, it's just felt really natural and yeah so i've just run with it it's been cool and I, I look forward to seeing what happens you know i don't I'm not sure what will happen with it but it's very early days and you know we're going to try and get it out there we we definitely believe in in the product and the power of you know positively crafted kind of stories you know you're a singer songwriter videographer and a renovator <laughs> how's the renos going oh yeah it's brutal yeah i could take you out and show you my backyard <laughs> um yeah good like it's look it's brutal it's been it we've had so i don't know if anyone listening to this i guess they'll be probably familiar with the fact that we've kind of had rain but you know we've it's rained and it rained and rained here in you know in the east coast of oz so where we are so it's uh we started digging our backyard and our front yard with excavators like and it just hasn't stopped raining oh. so we did it started doing a pool and the pool caved in and we had to start from scratch and the pull pool the, caved in yeah like pull had to because it hadn't been concreted oh. yet so it was just all steeled and shored up and we had to pull every you know every bit of steel out of it and kind of start from scratch so anyway it's all boring like adult stuff right i'm but sorry um, for, sorry for bringing it up yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's right I mean, you know what it'll be it'll be ready this summer me and the fam hanging out by the pool and you know it'll be it'll be a lot of fun yeah i did bring it up because it is actually looking like it's coming together pretty well at the moment yeah yeah it's it, we're definitely getting there it's um yeah it's funny like i so the video work and the branded content i did a i directed and edited like a whole uh and filmed a whole season of kyle and cara where they're sort of reno gurus who were on the block a few years ago and they're friends of ours now and so I filmed their whole long jetty reno, which was a massive reno that they did. And yeah, it's funny. You don't realize like I was just behind the camera and I kind of wanted them to get stressed out because it made for better viewing and stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's pretty, it kept me pretty full on. I remember the block with them. They don't seem like the type that sort of uh, get anxious or, you know, they seem pretty cool. Nah, they, they are pretty, yeah, they are pretty, they are like that. In, yeah. You know, and I think I guess that's why they can probably go and and do what they do, which is Renault after Renault, because they're you know everyone gets stressed, of course, but they're not the type of people to lose their cool, and you know they're not hotheads, that's for sure. And I think yeah, you definitely don't want to be a hothead in the Renault game. So music wise, uh, you you're going to keep releasing songs. How are you going with songwriting at the moment? Are you are you spending much time in the studio? I'm spending a lot actually. Oh well, I say a lot. I mean. Yeah, I'm trying to spend a lot and my time is kind of divided between like production work on the stories for the for Wondrous and then, you know, trying to record 
um, my own tunes. But I am definitely doing that. And, yeah, I definitely want to do more of it. So, yeah, we'll just see. And I'd like to do a bit more. I mean, I'm sort of, yeah, I'm always kind of doing a bit of sync work. It's just some of it is not as prominent as others, you know. Like everyone knows the beer commercial because it's like it's been yeah. playing in prime time television, right? But I'm always doing stuff. Like I did a, something for, you know, Queensland Tourism that a mate of mine was directing not long ago. Like I'm always doing something and I enjoy, I enjoy it. It's It's fun. Well, you're very good at it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for uh, for jumping on today and uh, and telling us all those stories and um, yeah it's, it's it is fascinating you know that you've got your your fingers in so many pies and uh, and you're very good at everything you do well you seem to be you haven't told us anything you're bad at <laughs> what what are you bad at I'm bad at heaps I'm bad at a lot of stuff I'm definitely bad at drawing you don't want me yeah. to draw you a Christmas card okay <laughs> I I'm shit ass at uh, ice skating are you yeah well yeah. that's I mean look that's I'm the guy with most, the chair. Most, most people are. I got the chair. I'm going around the ice rink. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Well, you know, keep at it. You know, well, you keep at that. I'll keep at the drawing, and we'll we'll do another podcast in a couple of years and swap notes. Absolutely, I'd love to see where you're up to, Israel Cannon. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was a great chat. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers, mate. There he is, the hardest working man in the entertainment industry, Israel Cannon. Yes, I'll give him that title. Uh, you don't find many people that are, work as hard as he does, and he's bloody good at so much. Little envious. <laughs> no, thanks for coming on the show, Izzy. Uh, now it's time for this. Yes, this is the part where you write on into the show. You can say anything you want, and I might read it out, as long as it's not hurting my feelings too much. Matt Cardwell. Okay, before I read out what Matt Cardwell's had to say, I've got to tell you who he is, if you don't know already. He's a drummer, a great musician. He's been in a few bands, including my very first band back in the day, three days ago. And look, Matt and I haven't caught up in, Jesus, it seems like forever. But uh, he has been listening to the podcast, which has been really cool. Last week, he messaged me at like 4.30 in the morning. Don't know what he was doing at that time. But <laughs> very appreciative to get a message in through from an old friend. But he did write in. He said, that reverb story is uncanny. It put a smile on my face that everything has worked out for you, brother. I'm hooked to the podcast. Uh, he was talking about last week's episode with Kevin Bull from Reverb Magazine. If you haven't heard it, um, I brought the editor on. And he is the reason that I am a journalist. If I didn't bump into Kevin Bull, don't know what I'd be doing these days. It's a weird thing when you're 18 years of age, you have no idea what you're going to do with your life. All you know is that you want to play music, you want to play in bands, but you you don't know what you're going to do to earn a crust. And then you just bump into someone at the shops one day and you sort of think, oh, well, I might become a journalist. It's a really weird story. It is uncanny. And thank you very much for writing in, Matty. Anyways, don't forget, as we wrap up the show, the Ritzy Kids, my band, Sydney Pop Punk Band, we are playing at the Bridge Hotel in Sydney. Debut show. It's Friday, September 30. So that is actually next week. I cannot explain to you how excited I am for this gig. It's been a long time coming. We started jamming in November last year. Since then, we've jammed like nearly every week. We've got this big, long set list ready. We've got new songs that no one's heard. 
and it's all going down at this gig. If you want to grab a ticket, go to theritzykids.com. It's been a long time coming, and finally, the first show next week. It'd be really good to see your smiling face there in the crowd in front of me. Uh, obviously, on the night, Josh Josh is going to be the support. The doors open at 8 p.m., Josh Josh will be on at 8.30. We'll be on just after 9 o'clock. There will be drinks. There will be celebrating. There might be some staggering too. Grab your tickets. All right, that brings an end to this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I was so st- – I'm still a little starstruck actually having Israel Kennan on. But next week, another guest, another podcast. Catch you next week. Ta-da. <laughs>